and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I want to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who is listening for the first time. It is no accident that you are here, friends, and I'm so thankful that you found this podcast. It's not because I'm excited for you to listen to me, but I'm excited for us to talk about God's Word, and I'm so thankful that you are here. It's no accident that you're here, friend. There is no accident in God's timeline. And so, welcome. And welcome back to all you regular listeners. What a joy it is to uh, study with you day after day after day, and how I wish we could all gather together when we do this. But for now, that's not the way that God has it. So, um, I'm just thankful you're here. I want to encourage you to uh, not let this be the only time that you think about God's Word today, friends. Let this just be a jumping off point. Think about the things that uh, we talk about here, but then you study some yourself. Go back and if you're doing a Bible study with friends or if you're reviewing um, sermon notes that you've heard from your pastor from yesterday, uh, just anything Please keep your mind stayed on Him. It is so easy, and I find myself being easily distracted. It is so easy to be distracted. I think that's one of the uh, most effective tools in the devil's toolbox is to try to keep us distracted, keep our minds going in so many different directions. But ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you to focus, uh, to keep your mind stayed on Him, to think about the things that He would have you to think about. I love what we read in Philippians chapter 4. I believe it's beginning in verse 7. Let me get there. Nope, it's verse 8. He says, uh, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So let's keep our mind stayed on him today, friends, and uh, keep our mind stayed on his word. And people may say, well, how can I do that if I have to work? <laughs> or if I'm taking care of my children, or if I'm taking care of my parents, or you have no idea what's going on in my life. And you're right, I don't. But God does. He knows what you are in the middle of. He knows what you've come out of. He knows what you're getting ready to go into. But I just encourage you to ask Him to continually help you to um return to and think of Him. And uh, as you study His Scripture more, It will come to you when you need it. And just thank Him for that. Just thank Him. I want to encourage you to consider continuing to share this podcast with your uh, friends or family, relatives, neighbors, just anyone who you think may also want to come alongside us and study and know that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so led, please send me an email and uh you can find my email address in the show notes. It's a word for this day at gmail.com. And I love to encourage others to be in the word, friends. That's one of the reasons that uh, 
I felt compelled to do this podcast, number one, to give God the glory, number two, to encourage you that you can be in the Word day after day, that you can understand it, that you can know more of Him. I love to share strategies and tools with you to encourage you to walk closer with Him and be in His Word more. And um, you you may also find in the show notes, if you're interested, a link to a couple of journals uh, that I've developed, uh, all with God's help, uh, to help you uh, take notes when you are listening to sermons, and then to go back and uh, think about those, pull out key scriptures from what your pastor has talked about, and then to apply those. It doesn't do us any good if we just hear the word and don't do anything with it. Um, and I love what James says in his uh, letter where he encouraged his readers not to be hearers uh, or to he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And not only that, but he goes down a couple of verses later in number uh, James 1, 25, and he says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, which is what we're doing, not just looking into the law today, we're looking into God's word in Colossians. Uh, it's the law of liberty and perseveres. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so that is one of the reasons I developed those journals to encourage us together, uh, not just to be a hearer, to, but to study what God has put on our pastor's hearts uh, to share with us and then um, to be a doer. It's not the doing that uh, gains us any uh any special points, friends. <laughs> uh, there is nothing we can do on our own uh, that makes us worthy of salvation or uh, makes us good enough to be saved. But that doing after we have heard God's word is an outward expression that we believe what this word says and we want to share it with others and that we know it's the truth. So I encourage you to be a doer and you will be blessed in your doing, friends. All right. Well, our verse for the day uh, for January the 16th, 2023 comes back from the uh, Paul's letter to the Colossians. It's Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. Oh, friends, we've used this verse several times over this last year as a supporting verse, but I love that we're going to just park here today, and I'm so excited, so excited. This tells us uh, so much more about our Lord Jesus, and I just love it. Well, we were just in this uh, letter to the Colossians about three days ago, so uh, if you're new, you could go back and listen, but I'm also going to give you an overview as well, because I think every time that we park on a scripture, we need to think about the author, the context, what book or letter we're in, so that we don't forget, so that we don't drift away, so that we don't 
lean on our own understanding. And so remember that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and we know that because he starts his letters out this way. He wrote 13 of the 27 letters that we have in the New Testament. God gave him the inspiration to write these. These were written back to individuals. They were written to churches, groups of believers uh, that he either knew very well and had spent time with or some uh, that he didn't know in person, but he had heard of, and he wanted to encourage them and exhort them uh, to continue to follow Christ, to stay away from false teachers, and to hold fast to the gospel of truth. And so uh, Paul, we know, was, and we talked about this quite a bit yesterday when we were in Timothy's letter, he originally was not a follower of Christ. Although he was very religious, he was a Pharisee, he was very well versed in the Old Testament law, he was very zealous for the law. He describes in Galatians 1.13 when he was writing to the believers there, he says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone." I think Paul wanted people to know that this was not anything that he came up with all on his own, that he was called by God to be an apostle. And we read about that in Acts. I think we just did Acts chapter 9 when we were in his, uh, when we talked about him yesterday. But we can also read in Acts chapter 22 when he had been uh, brought before a tribune and was being arrested for for speaking about the gospel. And there were people that were so angry with him, and it was Jewish people who thought that he was being blasphemous. And I love what we read in Acts where he says in uh, chapter 22, verse 3, I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them I received letters to the brothers and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. And he goes on to tell how uh, he was walking in about midday, a bright light shone from heaven, and he heard the Lord Jesus. He had an encounter with the resurrected Lord Jesus, uh, who told him, who asked him what he was doing and why he was persecuting him. And uh, it says in chapter 22, verse 8, And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And then down uh, in verse 10, he said, And I said, And what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Rise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And then um, God sent a man named Ananias to go to Paul and tell him what he should do. And God told Ananias what to say. And we see that in chapter 22 of Acts, verse 14. 
And he, Ananias, said, The God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. And that's exactly what had just happened for Paul. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And uh, that is what Paul did. He was a witness to those he came in contact with everywhere he went, telling about what Jesus had done and that Jesus was the end of the law for all who would believe and that he came for everyone, not just Jews, but for Gentiles. And uh, Paul was given the ability to write about the grace and the mercy and the love and the forgiveness that we find in Jesus. Well, when he wrote this letter to the Colossians, he had never been to Colossae, but he had uh, probably led the church's leader there, Epaphras, to Christ on one of his missionary journeys. And Epaphras came to Paul and told him about some of the difficulties and some of the false teachers and the things that had arisen in the church there at Colossae. And so Paul wrote these Colossians a letter having never met them before and was going to send it back with Epaphras. The interesting thing about this letter to the Colossians is that it is called a prison epistle, meaning it was written from prison. Epistle is a word that means letter. And Philippians, Colossians, Ephesians, and Philemon are all considered uh prison epistles, and they were written while Paul was imprisoned. One of the times he was imprisoned in Rome, thought to be between A.D. 60 and 62. This was not his final imprisonment uh, before he was executed. This was a different time when people could come and go. He was under house arrest, so to say, and uh, people could come and visit him, and it's thought that Epaphras came to him with these concerns, and then Paul wrote this uh, letter of encouragement, but also this letter of warning to the Colossian believers. So Paul opens up this letter in an encouraging way. He's telling them that he prays for them. And uh, I I can feel a little bit of what Paul means when even though he has not met these people, he's not been to Colossae, he only knows Epaphras, and I don't know who else he may have known from that congregation, but Epaphras for sure. But he cared for them and he prayed for them. And friends, I do that for you. I I know that God knows who all you are, and I wish I did, but um, I understand Paul's sentiment here. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So Epaphras had gone to Paul and told them, uh, or told Paul that uh, these people at Colossae truly did have uh, a love in their heart for the other saints and that they uh, had heard that gospel of truth and they had uh, they were holding fast to that hope that they had heard in the message of the gospel. And then uh, we see that prayer that we talked about a few days ago. Well, 
what, three days ago about how Paul prayed for them, um, that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and understanding and that they would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, uh, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God and prayed that they would be strengthened, all those things, and reminded them about how God had delivered them, uh, all of us who are believers, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So he was um, praying that they would be strengthened, that they would know, what God would want them to know and uh, just reminding them that they had been pulled out of this domain of darkness and transferred to the uh, kingdom of light (laughs) of his beloved son. And then he goes in to talk about the preeminence of Christ. And one of those, I think one of the reasons that he had done that was there was uh, the false teachings that had come through was that uh, Christ was not fully God. And that was part of the the problem. Those were those false teachers who were coming in and, and coming in and teaching a false gospel. There were those, and there are those today who do this in some major religions that are in our area and growing in the world who teach that Jesus was good, but he was not fully God, that he was less than God. And that was not true because Jesus had said that he and the Father were one. And apparently Colossae had um, much like uh, the rest or other big parts of the uh, area where the gospel had gone out and where it is now, there was a, a pretty good-sized Jewish uh, community, but also a Gentile community. And so there were people coming in who had uh, who thought that that you had to stick with a lot of the rules uh, from Judaism, such as uh, with circumcision and some of the legalistic things. And then there were these mystic things that had come in from pagan religions. And uh, Paul was reminding them, no, we've t- you've heard the truth of go- the gospel. Hold on to that. Don't let anybody sway you from that. We saw that very similar in, or we see that very similarly in many of his other letters, but especially to the Galatians as well. Um, but Paul goes in and begins to talk to him about who Christ is. And he says here in verse 15, which is the verse before our verse for the day, he, and that's talking about Jesus, um, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So he just throws it right out there, and he's like, folks, don't be confused Everything was created by God, and Jesus is God. <laughs> uh, we'll see over in that verse 19 that in uh, in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and we'll talk about that some more in a few days, but he was part of the creation, and not only were things created by him, so by God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it is so hard for me to fully understand the the full concept of the Trinity, except to say that it's God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this 
previously several times already this year that when we look at uh, Genesis in that very first verse that says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the heavens and the earth. And that Hebrew word for God was Elohim, which was plural. Um, and so there was more than one there. And so it's God the Father, God the Son. In John's gospel, we see in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And also the other interesting thing, if you look at Genesis one twenty-seven, I believe, no, it's actually Genesis one twenty-six. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so you see that, that there was... um it was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There was more than one there. So it was by him all things were created in heaven and on earth. So it's not just the account that we have here in Genesis, but he, they were there. God, being God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, were there before creation, <laughs> before creation of the things that we know of because uh, they created heaven and earth visible and invisible. So those uh, rulers and principalities and authorities, we see that whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And so he was there, creation went through him, but creation was also for him. And that really is hard for us to grasp the enormity of that. And then also to think about he was instrumental, he, Jesus, in um, in creation. Everything was his. It was made through him, by him, for him. And yet he loved us so much that he came to this sinful earth. He came to a place where he knew people would ridicule him, would reject him, would ultimately torture and kill him. And he did it for you and he did it for me when he uh, went to the cross and was that perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty that we owed for our sin against the holy God. He did that even though he was... uh, equal and part of the Godhead. I mean, he was he was there, instrumental in all of it. He didn't have to humble himself, but he did, like we read in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, where it says, um, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He did that for you. He did that for me. And look here when we we think about these things that he created. 
things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Part of those, it's thought to be, are angels. And one of the reasons I think that Paul wanted to make that clear is that part of this heresy, this false teaching that had arisen was that uh, people needed to worship angels. And we see people doing that today, but that um, the angels were better than Jesus, but he was there before they were angels, and he was part of the uh, instrumental in creating them. And so Paul wanted them to, uh, wanted the people from Colossae to know that Christ was above all. And we see that um, in the the writer who wrote to the Hebrews when he talked about that at the beginning of Hebrews, I believe in Hebrews chapter 1, and he did, um, and again, we don't know who, who wrote Hebrews for sure. Some people think it was Paul, some think it's someone else, but the fact is, if it was Paul, he didn't start this letter like any of his other 13 letters that we have here. Um, and so it's hard to say, but he uh, says, uh, not Paul, but the writer of Hebrews, when he's talking about Jesus and he talks about how he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited and is more excellent than theirs. They, I think that... Um, both this writer and, of course, these were inspired by the Holy Spirit. God ins- uh, used the Holy ins- Holy Spirit to inspire men to write these words. We read that in, I believe it's Second Peter one twenty one, um, and then also in Paul's letter to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen, where we're reminded that all Scripture. All means all is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in in righteousness. But do you see here that Jesus was above the angels? And also in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, uh, we see in the openings of that, this must have been an issue with people, um, that heresy that Jesus was not equal to God, but he is. Jesus is God. He and the Father are one, as he had said, and we have that recorded in John's gospel. Um, But if we look here in Ephesians, we see that Paul told the believers in Ephesus something similarly when he uh, when he was offering a prayer for them, uh, praying that um, he was given or actually reminding them that he was giving thanks for them and remembering them in his prayers and also praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. So in other words, just to to know these truths, um, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule, and that's all, A-L-L, rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put 
all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This this is a common theme that God gave Paul to share and also the writer of the Hebrews to share that Jesus is above all. He's equal to God and uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And he has no he has no rival. You know, there is a, a popular um, world religion that continues to grow that says, and it's just absolute heresy, um, that Jesus uh, was um, one of the angels and a spirit child and all of this craziness and that he was a brother to that the evil one, that deceiver, that Satan. It's just pure lies, pure lies from the pits of hell. And this religion is one that claims to be Christian, but you cannot be you cannot be a Christ follower and a Christ believer if you don't um, believe that He is above all, that He is equal of equal with God. He's God's Son, but He was also fully equal with God. God has given Him all dominion and authority. He reigns over all. He will rule over all. Uh, well, He is now, but there's a time when He's coming back. He is preeminent over all. He deserves all our uh, honor and praise and worship. And don't let anyone tell you that he is any less than holy or any less than equal with God. He is, friends. The Word says it. And so I encourage you to believe that. I encourage you to take the Word as the truth that it is. The sum of all of God's Word is truth. And even Jesus, when he was paid, praying back to the Father, said, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And um, the other neat thing that's a little or a lot overwhelming, or it should be overwhelming, is that we are also children of God if we're believers. We are joint heirs with Jesus, this holy preeminent one. And that is just hard for me to wrap my mind around that not only would he save us, but that he would have so much more for us. And that's just more of a reason to praise him and worship him and thank him uh, for all that he's done, all that he's going to do. Um, and don't stress out when things are going bad in this world, friends. This this life is but a vapor. Remember who um, is in charge of all of it. And uh, this is just a short time. This earth is will pass away at some point. Uh, but we know the one who's eternal. And if you have a relationship with him and you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then you will have eternal life as well. And I just, I want to encourage you in that and keep your mind stayed on that truth when things seem to not go well. And know that this is the same one who has allowed us to be go, to be able to go boldly before the throne of grace and to find mercy um, and help in our time of need. He loves us. He loves you. Give him all the thanks and the praise and the honor that he deserves. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.